Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number five of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast where we take a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your host with the most, Mr. Leroy Luna. How are you? Oh, that's wonderful. Me? Yeah, I'm doing all right. It's a crazy world out there. I'm just navigating my way through it the best I can. I hope you guys are all doing well. All things considered, washing your hands, staying out of trouble, all that good stuff. In the meantime, I'll do my best to provide you with a little distraction. And we'll just enjoy our time together. Man, I'm just happy to be back in the closet where I belong. The closet's uh, it's just where I record. That wasn't a sexual innuendo or anything. Not that there'd be anything wrong with that. If I'm being honest, I'm actually doing really good. It's Friday night right now. You know, it's the weekend. I'm drinking a Budweiser. And uh, I'm recording this. It actually reminds me of a joke... Uh, You want to hear a joke before I get started here? Yeah, why not? This is actually this old dude that, um, when I was working at the bingo hall. (laughs) Man, I miss it there. He's one of those guys that always likes to tell jokes. Kind of annoying after a while, but he's got his moments. This guy was a newfie. He comes up to me, he goes, uh, Hey, hey there, Leroy. Uh, Did you hear uh, they got a bunch of scientists together there, eh? And they were... um, yeah, they did a bunch of research, and, and they figured something out there, eh? And I go, oh, yeah? Uh, <laughs> what was that? He goes, uh, they actually did some tests, and they found out that uh, that drinking beer actually makes you smart. And, of course, I took the bait. I go, oh, really? I never heard that. And he goes, yeah, well, it made Budweiser. And I had to stop for a second. I'm like, it made, it made Budweiser. Ah, uh, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> Do one of those ones that makes you cringe, but 
don't know, I guess I found it funny because it stuck with me. Anyways, let's get the minivan going. Okay, you know what that sound means. So everybody hop in and get ready to cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends. I promise to have you back home in time for the 6 o'clock news. Episode number five. Don't come around here no more. Don't come around here no more. Whatever you're looking for. Hey! Don't come around here no more. Tom Petty. I've given up. Stop. Ah. Sorry, sometimes I just gotta keep on belting out that tune. You guys listen with headphones, right? If not, I'm embarrassed for you, myself and the dude taking your order at the McDonald's drive-thru. Not a sponsor, by the way. Although I could smash a Big Mac right now. Anyways, you ever been banned from a place? Told to never come back? I haven't personally, although I've been kicked out of a couple bars in the past. One time it was my birthday, and I had a few too many shots. Suddenly I wasn't feeling so hot. You know the deal. The room started spinning, I got real sweaty, my skin cold and clammy to the touch. So I wandered off into a quiet corner of the room to try to shake, shake, shake it off. But it was too late. I didn't puke, but it was so close. My saliva was salty and runny, so much of it. I had to spit. I knew if I swallowed, that salty mess was spewing right back up again. That's what she said. So I sat there, head down, drooling all over the place. I accumulated quite the spit pile at this point. My teenage self... Chilling in the 7-Eleven parking lot would have been proud. But uh, apparently inside an establishment such as this one, it was frowned upon. Because next thing I knew, one of the bouncers was kindly escorting me out of the building. His large hand gently caressing the small of my back, guiding me out the front door. He told me to go sleep it off, bud, or something to that effect. There may have been a few F-bombs thrown in, along with my body, which I picked up off the cold concrete. Woke up the next day with a couple of bruises and a bad headache. But hey, somehow I made it home and lived to tell the tale. So we'll call it a win. The subject in our tale today gets the boot as well. But his story is a little weirder, a little wilder than mine. So let's get into it. Our story begins in July of 2018 in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. With majority of the population being French-speaking, Montreal is the second most populated city in Canada, behind only Tirana. Our story today follows a Frenchman by the name of Alexis Duchesne. Emphasis on the douche part. I, uh, 
I joke, but in researching some of these stories, I found uh, myself feeling emotions that I wasn't really expecting. Most of the true crime we all consume, I'm sure, is on a much heavier scale than the cases on this show. We're used to stories of violent criminals, rapists, cold-blooded killers, people who have mental health issues, no doubt, struggles with addiction, tough lives, tough childhoods. You can sympathize, empathize with these people to a certain degree when hearing about their struggles, but then immediately all that kind of just goes out the window once they start committing heinous crimes. Now, I don't usually go too deep into the people's lives here, mostly because I just I don't know the details. When a person commits a crime such as squeezing bread in a grocery store, for example, not much is written in that news article about his or her childhood. But now I'm finding if you take out the violent crime part of these stories you're used to hearing and substitute it with strange, petty-type crimes, all of a sudden you end up carrying that, um, that sympathy of their struggles along with you throughout the entire story, and it never really subsides. It's not to say we're not going to laugh it up at these ridiculous crimes, because we are. Just thinking out loud, I guess. Something worth noting. Anywho, back to Alexis Duchesne. Sorry, bud. Didn't mean to leave you hanging there at the bus stop, having a smoke, getting restless. Not sure if he's a smoker. He's French, so that's just an assumption on my part. I will tell you what I do know, though. Alexis is a 38-year-old man, and he's got some issues which are important to address before we get into his little bender-slash-crime spree he's about to venture into. Now, he's no altar boy. He's even served a little prison time with an extensive criminal record of mostly petty crimes, but a couple of break-and-enters peppered in there that landed him a short stint in the clink. He's also living with his parents. I can't say for certain, but nothing is mentioned of him having a wife, serious partner, or kids, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they don't exist. Although his parents are no spring chickens, this doesn't appear to be one of those situations where he's helping them out in their golden years. More of a case where he's still relying on them to put a roof over his head, food in his mouth, keep him in line, etc. Mr. Duchesne suffers from ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder, which I'm sure everyone's known someone with ADHD. Perhaps you even have it, or your kid. You usually hear about it in young people. I remember having a couple of school chums who were diagnosed and treated for this illness. A definition I came across in Healthline.com describes ADHD as a mental health disorder that can cause above-normal levels of hyperactive and impulsive disorders. People with ADHD may also have trouble focusing their attention on a single task or sitting still for long periods of time. Both adults and children can have ADHD. This is something I never gave much thought to. I thought it was kind of one of those things that uh, just went away with age. We also have mayoclinic.org which says uh, some people with ADHD have fewer symptoms as they age, but some adults continue to have major symptoms that interfere with daily functioning. In adults, the main features of ADHD may include difficulty paying attention, impulsiveness and restlessness, along with disorganization and problems prioritizing. This is interesting. It, it definitely would affect things like relationships, difficulties holding down at a job, uh, the impulsiveness and restlessness seem to be common occurrences with our boy Alexis. He takes Adderall, among other prescription drugs, to combat uh, these symptoms, but has been known to abuse them, as he's doing on this fine day. As if all this isn't bad enough, we'll add some booze to the mix, which seems to also be a problem for him, as we'll later find out he has a court order against the consumption of alcohol, which he breaks. Okay, sorry if that was a little long-winded, but I felt it was necessary to 
kind of get to know Alexis, his issues a little bit. So we got the table set here, our stomachs are growling, so let's eat. Now through a mix of bus rides and some hitchhiking, our dazed and confused compadre finds himself in Waterloo, which is a city in Ontario, Canada. So he's made his way to the next province. He's a little over 600 kilometers from home. It's bright and early, shortly after 6 a.m., and for some reason Alexis is standing in the kitchen of Resurrection Manor. This is a, well, it's an old folks home, but for retired priests. I didn't even know these places existed, to be honest. I assumed old priests uh, just never retired, or just hung out with old factory workers, old lawyers, old bartenders. But there are retirement homes specifically designated to house priests as they make their transition to the pearly gates. Naturally, one of the staff uh, sees Alexis here. He's just kind of chilling. And he asks him what, what the heck he's doing there. He says he requires shelter and water. So, all right. Off to a great start already. <laughs> Apparently, Alexis just kind of hit that open road with no supplies or game plan in place. He's desperate and out of options almost immediately. So this person is nice enough to give him a meal. Some food, some water. But they say, ah, hell nah to the shelter part. I'm paraphrasing, of course. I'm sure those weren't their exact words. But he's kindly asked to leave. Alexis complies. He exits out a side door. But somehow, on his way out, he manages to swipe a master key. He comes back a little later and gets into one of the retired priest's rooms. He tells the guy, hey man, I just need to grab a quick shower. <laughs> Alexis, this is getting weird. He's already crossing lines that shouldn't be crossed here. So naturally, he gets rejected, so then he decides he's going to pull the fire alarm. Because, hey, why not? The whole place gets evacuated, 30 people in total. Those poor old priests have to shuffle their asses outside. The fire department arrives. It's quite the mess. A little later on, Alexis finally gets himself into an empty room and gets that shower he so desperately craves. Maybe that's why he pulled the alarm in the first place, who knows. So now he's nice and clean, things are good. Everything's coming up Alexis. The world is his oyster, but not for long. He's seen by another damn priest. Uh, these guys are everywhere, apparently. Place would be creepy, if you ask me. And so Alexis hightails it out of there. He gone. <sighs> okay, it's been a long day, and at this point, it's now getting late. Hey, uh, that reminds me, has anyone seen Alexis lately? I haven't seen him in a couple hours. It's nighttime and an old couple living on Marlow Drive are nestled in their beds. Suddenly they are awoken from their slumbers to some beautiful music. Ah, oh, what is that? Ludwig van Beethoven? Mozart? What was his first name anyway? Steve? Yeah, Steve Mozart, perhaps? Hey, hon! Did you leave the record player on? They realize the music is not coming from a record player. It's actually coming from their own piano. So they fetch their slippers and shuffle out to the living room to find a mess of papers all over the floor. And a strange man, a strange French man, playing their piano. Turns out Alexis just kind of strutted in into their house unannounced. Seems totally out of character for him, I know. The elderly woman, she's a kind soul. This is kind of a recurring theme here. Alexis is doing some weird shit. These situations could easily get out of control, but he keeps coming across nice people. Nice old people. She feels bad for him, gives him a glass of wine, and they talk. 
The husband's probably thinking, what the heck? If I were 40 years younger, I'd lay a whooping on this guy. But instead, they decide to call a friend. They're concerned for Alexis's well-being. Didn't even call the police. That's how nice they are. Amazing. When this friend arrives, they walk in and they see Alexis just sitting there on the dining room floor. He's drinking wine. He's talking to the residents of the house like they're old pals. He comes across as very paranoid, though. He's got no shoes, no socks, and he says he's running for his life. He's not making much sense. At this point, he's been up for a few days, so lack of sleep, abusing his medication, add some alcohol in there, and French is his first language, so that doesn't help. He's really struggling, but eventually, after some convincing, they get him to leave. And then they call the cops, finally. Alexis leaves and goes back to his favorite place, good old Resurrection Manor. Great name, by the way. Love that. He returns the key and lets them know he's very sorry for how he's acted. And they end up calling the police. At this point, I'm sure maybe the cops are piecing this together. But there's a new kid in town, a drifter, who's acting pretty strange. So they show up. Quick time check here. It's 9.30 a.m., so it's now morning time. Alexis takes off, but he's no match for the police. He's tired, he's scared, he's hungry, he's barefoot. He actually puts up a fight here, and according to the Waterloo Record, a fine newspaper in which I've used for this story, the two cops were injured while apprehending him. Nothing too serious. Uh, probably Alexis was kicking and flailing, trying to get away. I gotta say, uh, kudos to the officers here, as Alexis was unharmed. This could have very easily been another situation to have gone sour for him. He could have uh, seen himself on the wrong end of a baton at the very least. More police brutality that we hear so much about these days. But they assessed the situation. They saw a man scared and confused, unarmed. There was two of them, one of him. So they took him down without using excessive force. Now I know I may seem a little soft in this episode. I feel bad for Alexis. Although his habit of entering homes unannounced is uh, definitely cause for concern. But he seems lonely. A man who's lost in this world. And it's difficult not to take pity on him. A bit of an underdog story. Who doesn't like a good underdog, right? But hey, for all we know, maybe he's just a selfish prick who should be locked up with the key thrown away. Without the love and support of his parents, I'm certain Alexis would be a homeless man living on the streets, one you try to avoid on your way to work. Undiagnosed, unmedicated, so he should count himself pretty lucky. I'm just afraid if he continues on this path, he's going to end up severely injured, if not dead. One day he'll come across the wrong person, someone who's armed and ready to defend their home. And who could blame him? Imagine waking up in the middle of a deep sleep to the sound of your piano being played. Someone tickling the old ivories at 2 a.m. What if you had kids in the home? Someone's going to get upset. Or a cop with a shoot first, ask questions later type attitude. Alexis needs to get help and start making changes now before it's too late. So it takes 55 days, a couple of months to cool off in jail for Alexis, before this thing finally goes to court. Our man pleads guilty to everything here. Mischief, the pulling of the fire alarm, theft, and resisting arrest. Oh, and uh, here's where we find out he broke a court order to not drink alcohol. So this is definitely not his first rodeo. Uh, maybe I've been overanalyzing this whole situation, perhaps. To most of us high-functioning, somewhat regular, responsible adults, this would be a significant event in our lives. Maybe this could even happen if the pressure's life got to you. A break from reality, so to speak. That could explain away this one-off, crazy, erratic behavior. 
For a guy like Alexis, maybe this is just a regular Tuesday night. His defense thinks the uh, two months Alexis already spent in jail is punishment enough here, so they request time served, while the Crown believes he should spend another four months in jail for a total of six months behind bars. Here is a defeated Alexis Duchesne speaking to the judge, Justice Thomas McKay. Quote, I'm just asking to go home. End quote. After taking everything into consideration, the judge lays down the sentencing. He also seems to take pity on Alexis, or more likely just wants to be finished with him. He lets him go with time served, gives him one year probation, and makes him submit a DNA sample before sending him on his way. I found that interesting. Pretty good idea, really. Oh, and uh, how could I forget? The icing on the cake here. He is banished from Waterloo Region. Right? Don't come around here no more. Waterloo Region consists of three cities and four townships. Alexis is no longer welcome in the cities of Cambridge, Kitchener, and Waterloo. And he can piss off from these four townships. North Dumfries, Wellesley, Wilmot, more like Wilnot, am I right? And Woolwich. I'm sure that would be hard to enforce, but at least they got his DNA in their system. If any weird break-ins occur in this area again, uh, they'll probably be looking in Alexis's direction. Better for him to steer clear of the area, because if he's busted there again, I'm sure the punishment will be swift and harsh. By the sounds of it, Alexis doesn't want to come back to Waterloo Region anyways. He just wants to put this small chapter in a long novel of petty thuggery behind him. It's a shame, though. My Uncle Larry and Aunt Karen actually live in Waterloo Region, in Kitchener. It's a beautiful area, from what I've seen. So his loss, shout out to Lair and Care. They're not listening. Let's hope he got his act together and is keeping his nose clean. Social distancing from petty crime and the insides of strangers' homes in this crazy new reality we're now forced to live in. And on that note, we are back. That's a wrap on episode number five. I assure you, episode number six will follow a man I will not be taking any pity on. I don't know. Sometimes it happens. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's the smell of all the cleaning products in the air. All that sanitizer going to my head. Loss of brain cells. For some reason, I was feeling sentimental this time around. All right. Now, I'm sure by this point, you're all subscribed to the show. You've hit me with a five-star review. Right? Right? Nudge? So thank you, I appreciate all that. I will maybe start reading the occasional one at some point. At the time of this recording, I'm still not out to the public yet. I'm trying to stay ahead of the game. Please give me a follow on social media if you'd like. On Twitter, I'm going to start hassling celebrities. All in good fun. Trying to get them on board with the show. Probably won't do much for me listener-wise, but uh, I don't know, I just find it entertaining. So hop in and join me. Maybe some Stephen King, Jim Carrey, O.J. Simpson. He likes true crime, right? Seems like every time you turn around, a new celebrity is being outed as a scumbag. Anyways, uh, before I take off, I have another podcast recommendation for you. It comes from my pal JD. He hosts a podcast called True Crime Horror Story. He does a great job covering a variety of cases, and the show just has a creepy, unique horror vibe to it that I just can't get enough of. I'll let him tell you all about it in a moment. As for me, I'll be back in 10 days with another hot bag of scum for you. Leroy out. All right, take it away, JD.
I am your host, J.D. Horror, and this is True Crime Horror Story, a true crime podcast designed like an anthology horror movie. It's definitely not for the faint of heart and never played for laughs. Listener discretion is strongly advised. In seasons one and two, we highlighted both notorious and obscure incidents of real-life murder from world-famous psychopaths like the Toolbox Killers and the Night Stalker Richard Ramirez to lesser-known evils that you may not have heard of that have effects just as catastrophic for the victims and their families. Season 3 is coming soon, so subscribe now wherever podcasts can be consumed and check out our website at www.truecrimehorrorstory.com. True Crime Horror Story. Sometimes truth is more brutal than fiction. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.